The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming into your home, into your phone, into wherever you may be listening or watching. It's Chris Sims. It's Mike Florio, PFT Live, and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, a joint production. Chris, great to see you again. What's up, dude? How are you? I know it's uh, it's been a while. Like I'm, I'm actually been getting the itch a little bit lately to be like, man, there's some stuff to talk about with Florio. I know you and I have been texting. We always stay in contact that way, but not a lot of like face-to-face combo. So you know, it is good to see you. I mean, as ugly as you are, it's great to see you. So hello. <laughs> I, I do have to remember when we get to about the middle of October and I ask myself, why do I spend so much time dealing with this asshole? I will remember <laughs> that during the month of late June into late July, I missed you. So I'll yes. have to remind myself of that when I'm ready to strangle you at some point coming up around week eight or week nine. Uh, plenty of stuff to talk about. And, and let's start with your best friend and <laughs> my, my mortal enemy, at least from his perspective, Aaron Rodgers, back with the Green Bay Packers. Your reaction when you saw that the end of the day, he shows up and he gets his 2023 contract year eliminated. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I wasn't shocked. I think this is something you and I hit on a ton, you know, towards the end of our break, June, all of that. You know, just how aware Aaron Rodgers is of his legacy everything that's going on around him. I, I always thought he was going to come back and play, you know, as we talked a lot, a lot in the spring. I mean, he's only got so many years left here of like prime play, you know, he's at the end of his prime. And I just can't imagine him sitting out a year or doing something like that and just throw that away for nothing. So I'm not shocked. He didn't have a whole lot of other avenues to go down to as far as other things he could do other than sit out for a year. And I think he loves football too much. And like I said, legacy aware. So I don't know. I mean, I wasn't surprised at all. How about you? Well, I wasn't surprised that he showed up because I yeah. thought he was going to. Now, I got a little concerned on Friday when the sports books start taking the Packers bets off the board because of rumors right. he may retire. But, you know, it sounds like Rogers Camp knew exactly where to place those rumors to get the desired effect to get the attention of the Packers. Because I think it did. And something happened over the weekend to bring them together. But Chris, I look at this and I say, 
Why didn't he get more? Why don't you get a written commitment that they'll trade you or cut you after this season? Just getting rid of the 2023 year of his contract, which he surely was never going to operate under anyway, that doesn't feel like much given the leverage that he seemed to have. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. It's not much, but I don't know like how much he could have possibly got out of this without like cutting off his nose despite his own face. I think that's the other thing to me, at least like when I watch other TV programs and things like that, you know, I don't think he's, it's not about money as you've said a million times. It's not about that. I don't think he wants more money from Green Bay and then what, they can't sign any players this year or maybe through training camp if they need something like that. You know, so yeah, I'm with you. I thought maybe we'd have a little bit more of a hard line concession as far as like once this season it's over. But from everything I understand, it basically is that anyways. You know, I mean, it looks like that at least. Okay, yeah, you mentioned 2023 off the table. Listen, if we get to 2022, listen, we're going to talk about this all year long. Does Green Bay really want to deal with this again all offseason once again? And my final point, too, to why they don't need it in writing, at least with this little thing, Mike, at least for me that pops up is if they go into year three of the Jordan Love experiment and he's still not playing, then it's official. It was a stupid draft pick. It was a waste of a pick. That, so to me, they're, they're a little forced in the corner because of that little situation, I think, to go along with it which I think helps Rodgers out as well. To answer your point on why the Packers would want to go through this again next year, why not? They won. They kept their mouths shut, except for Mark Murphy calling Aaron Rodgers a complicated fella at one point. But for the most part, they kept their head low, their mouths shut, and they knew he was going to come back. And I think, Chris, the same reasoning you articulated for why he showed up this year applies next year. He's only got so many spins of the wheel left. He's not going to sit out next year, just like he wasn't going to sit out this year. And the fact that he has no clear path out after this season concerns me, especially because I was on with Paul Allen, voice of the Vikings on KFAN. He's the guy who really got this started when he reported the morning of the draft that the 49ers had tried to trade for Aaron Rodgers just as the draft was approaching and the Packers said, no way, no how. Paul Allen believes that Rodgers was told or at least led to believe the Packers were going to trade him this offseason. And then they reneged. And then they reneged. Okay, so Chris, why yeah. would he take their word for it again that they're going to consider trading him after this season when he thinks they've already lied to him once? Well, I, I you know, Mike, I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe he's willing, maybe they've like got a little understanding of going, you know, listen, this is it for this year. Here, it, to me at the base level, more than anything, here it is, Aaron Rodgers doing the Green Bay Packers another solid and carrying the whole organization on his back once again. Gutenkust and Mark Murphy involved. They, again, they are the reason to blame for this. And, you know, Mike, I think you let them off the hook too easy sometimes. I don't know. I talk to too many people in league circles that know that Rodgers and his camp were told by Green Bay that they were going to trade him. They've done him dirty constantly. He's been. I think the good soldier, yeah, his camp might have released the San Francisco trade the night before the draft. But I think that's because he was told something months in advance, and then he finally set that deadline to be like, okay, I guess I have to start playing hardball here. So you're right. They could do that again. But I think if it gets into another year of that, like Rodgers, I, I just can't imagine him standing pat quite as quietly as he did this offseason. We know where he's at in the situation. And I do think, again, 
it, it does become scorched earth on Gutenkus and Mark Murphy then to go, why did you draft Jordan Love again? I think it becomes even a bigger topic next year because you go, whoa, that was a stupid pick and a waste. So, I, Mike, I, as you can see, I know this is my guy, right, Aaron Rodgers. I've only met him once, twice in my life, real quick. I know you people think I got a personal relationship. I don't. But what I don't like about everything right now is there's – everybody's crapping on Aaron Rodgers like he's in the wrong here. And I know he's not perfect, but damn, I don't know. If I make up a list of things he does good for the organization and things he's done bad, the list for good is like nine times longer than things he's done bad. And I think it bothers me a little bit about the narrative around this whole subject right now. And let me refresh your memory of where I stand yeah. on this, Chris, because it's been a while since we've spoken. I know. I know where you. The Packers screwed this up on yeah. draft day 2020. Now, the story is, and I've heard it from enough different people, including from people directly involved in it, to believe it. They wanted Justin Jefferson. They didn't get him. The Vikings right. They wanted Brandon Ayuk. What happened? The 49ers jumped them and got Brandon Ayuk, and they freaked out after that. They freaked out and traded up for Jordan Love. How in the hell? And this all came to me because I was saying, hey, if they had this plan to draft a quarterback, they should have included Aaron Rodgers. And part of the pushback was, well, they really didn't have a plan per se. It just kind of happened. Well, how does it just kind of happen that you're hell-bent on getting two different receivers? And when the first two guys you want are gone, you freak out and trade up and draft the successor to one of the great quarterbacks of all time, without even telling him that you're considering the possibility, right. without the courtesy of a phone call, that is where this went off the rails. This is on them. And he is the exact opposite of Brett Favre. That's what makes this so compelling. I know. Favre spent years talking about retiring. Rodgers has spent years talking about spending his entire career with the Packers. And they still did this to him. That is what's amazing to me. It, it, same with me. I, I'm with you there. I mean, yeah, there's just so many things. Oh, the logic to like how you explained it there, like, wait, two receivers we weren't there, so now we're going to trade up to get a quarterback? First off, just sit there and wait to see if the quarterback's there. There's nothing desperate to be done. I mean, you were, it was 26 touchdowns and four interceptions, and you're the number one or number, number two seed in the NFC Championship game. Maybe trade down the other way. Get some defense alignment, because as we've talked about, that's San Francisco NFC Championship game. They're still running. They still haven't stopped the rushing attack. You know, oh, and what happened in the Tampa Bay NFC Championship game this year? Oh, they got steamrolled again. Right. So they're just, there were so many options that made sense for their team, and they blew it, let alone the miscommunication with Aaron Rodgers. I think a lot in history is blamed on Aaron Rodgers, maybe more than should be at times, Mike. It all bothers me. And here's another thing, too. Like, Rodgers you know, wipes away 2023. Okay. Like you said, we don't know about 2022, but like, again, contract extension, never held their feet over the fire, six year deal, team friendly, never makes a big deal about them, never signing free agents to help him out at all. Oh yeah. And he carries the team every year and he's been the best quarterback for the last decade in the NFL. And here he is now again, going, wait, I'll make the deal easy on you. I don't want to kill you guys in the future too. We can all get out of this after next year. If we can, you know, agree on them, agree on it like professionals. And I'm just so bothered by the negative, like Rogers, the diva, he's a jerk. I understand. I get it. You know, yes, he said some cryptic things here and there, 
But again, I just I feel like the criticism of him is is over the top harsh when I just line up the whole story and some of the details. I think we both know behind the scenes, too, where I just go, listen, I know Rogers is a pain in the butt, but come on. They've screwed him over a lot more than he screwed them over. I can tell you that for sure. Last Aaron Rodgers question for you before we talk about yeah. one of the former Packers who will soon be back with Aaron Rodgers to show that he's got a little Tom Brady juice as a result of what's gone on the past few months. We saw Russell Wilson after he made his play to get out of Seattle. It didn't happen. And all of a sudden, he's Mr. Go Hawks all over again. Everything's fine. Best relationship I've ever had with Pete Carroll. Just takes that switch and flips it 180. Will Aaron Rodgers, in your estimation, be able to pull that same thing off, not just in his first meeting with media, but all season long? Will he be go pack go, or will we see some of that, hey, you know, this is my last year stuff slip through? I I think you're going to see some of that, like, that last year stuff slip through. I mean, he's not going to just lie to our faces like Russell Wilson and do that. He's not going to be like, I didn't ask for a trade. Where'd that come from? I don't know what you're talking about. He's not going to do that. Yeah, I think he'll do it in his way that I know you've, you know, picked at before. He's going to have some moments during the year where people are going to ask him those type of questions. And yeah, he's going to give a cryptic type answer like he did after the NFC championship game where to go, I don't know what the future brings. And, you know, there's a lot of things that got to get figured out and all that. I'm sure we're going to hear that because he, I don't think he's going to want to let this story just totally go by the wayside. I think you and I both know he's a guy that, you know, is going to be thinking about this and bothered by this and want to give it back to Mark Murphy and Gutenkus in a, in a way where he's like, you know, craps all over them on the football field to make his point. And yeah, I don't think he's going to be total political uh, bullcrap answers. I think he's going to let everybody know. I like it. I want to win. I like my teammates. I like my coaches, but there's something that's wrong here and I don't want to be here, you know, any longer. So even though everything on the surface is good, we would still advise both Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst, if you go to the practice field this year, wear a helmet <laughs> yeah. and a cup. Just <laughs> exactly yourself. right. Randall Cobb, <laughs> back with the Packers. Once they work out the deal with the Texans, I'm told they're haggling over how much of the guaranteed money Houston's going to pay, how much of it Green Bay is going to pay. It's $8.25 million fully guaranteed that needs to be dealt with. I, I do look at this as kind of a mini Tom Brady flex. This is a guy I want back. I'm getting him back. Does that tell you things are going to be different, that they've ignored Aaron Rodgers all these years, and now they're going to listen to him? He's, he's got the same input he's always had, Brian Gutekunst said on Wednesday, but now we have a different process for acting on it or something like that. I mean, he basically said, we're just not going to ignore him anymore. And we've seen it with Randall Cobb. I just wonder if that's just the one guy we're going to see it with, or if we're going to see more moves like this. The, the ignoring of Aaron Rodgers to me is just mind blowing. Like Bill Belichick. Yeah. He's not going to listen to everything Tom Brady says, but he's going to listen to him and says, I, mean, I like this receiver a little more than that receiver. He's going to contemplate it and go, well, Brady likes it. It's a tie. I'll go with the guy Brady went with or whatever. The fact that they've never listened to him with anything to me is just, it, it's absurd. It's crazy. And again, I still go back to the same point of like, it's the greatest quarterback ever. And they had Brett Favre, one of the five greatest ever. And we've won two Super Bowls. There's something wrong there. There's something. I don't, I don't know what else to say. And, you know, no, this doesn't show me crap, really. Whoa, you got Randall Cobb at the very end of his career. You know, yes, 
Is it nice for Aaron Rodgers to have a guy that he likes and is friends with and goes to the Kentucky Derby with? Do I think he's a game changer on the football field? Absolutely not. Not at this point in his career. But also, like, Goody and Mark Murphy, they also know, I think, Mike, like, you look at the roster. You know, they, they don't have a slot receiver on their team. Again, it's mind-blowing. You've got the greatest quarterback of all time. They don't have a slot receiver. They don't have one. They have Valdez Scantling, who's 6'4", Lazard, who's 6'4", Devontae Adams, who's 6'1 or 6'2". So there's like a real role within the offense that needs to be filled here. So I think it's like a double whammy with like, hey, here's your friend. And yeah, we're listening to you this year. But oh, we also need this position for our football team. I, I kind of feel like that. Yeah, you know, this whole agreement that was reached, it, it immediately makes people think that there's been some true organic change. Yeah, right. right. And as we talk it through, Chris, do we really think the Packers are going to be fundamentally different? Do we really think they're going to abandon the way they've done things all these years just because Aaron Rodgers was pissed off at them all offseason long and eventually folded and showed up? Or did they just say what they had to say? You know, think about it. You're dating somebody and that person wants to break up with you. And you have that one session where, okay, tell me what your issues are and I'm going to change and I'm going to do everything you want me to do. And one day, two days, three days, four days, five days later, it starts to slide back to the way it was. I feel like that's inevitably going to happen. I'm with you. I think that's what happened all off season. You know, I think they, oh, hey, we'll trade you. Oh, we'll go meet you again. We'll trade you. They were just kicking the can down the road, hoping they could smooth it over and find some way to work it out. Then it became, oh, we can't work it out. And then Mark Murphy takes cheap shots at Aaron Rodgers in the media. That's where I'm just, I'm not cool with it. It's, 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 yeah. I don't know what to say. They're not going to abandon their formula. They can't abandon it now too, at the end of the Rodgers era here. You know, yeah, stick with it now. At this point, it's too late. I mean, what are you going to abandon the formula and then Rodgers is going to leave town and then you're going to have a quarterback, a young quarterback, you know, with maybe a not complete team or not a bright future in front of them that way. So I'm with you, Mike. I don't think anything's changing here. These two sides are too dug in and I don't expect Rodgers to be in Green Bay after this year. And and I got one last point to make, and this is an example of the benefit of us having a chance to talk directly and work through these issues. I'm going to give you an example of something that was said today by Byron Gutekunst that is a, a prime instance of the kind of thing that can screw this relationship up. Because we know that Aaron Rodgers is smart, He's sensitive, he's going to listen to everything, and he's going to try to understand what's really being said. When Gutekunst says the perception that they're not good to the players is the farthest thing from the truth, and I don't know where that came from, what came from Aaron Rodgers talking to Kenny Mayne about how at some point over the years, the people didn't get treated the way that the people should. So if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I see Brian Gutekunst kind of taking issue with what I believe, and it makes me wonder, have we really fixed things? Right. setting things aside and this is all going to flash up again at some point during the season. Yeah, I I think it's going to flash up at some point during the season too, to a degree, or Rogers is certainly going to hear that. I don't know how much stock he can put into anything they say right now, but like, you know, there is that, how could there not be that perception up there right now to a degree? I mean, first off, this is where I think Rogers is going to be emboldened in the locker room. Devontae Adams not taken care of yet. The Zadarius Smith contract issue that we saw in the last few weeks. All right. Hey, Randall Cobb, when he was a free agent, they didn't do all that much to try to keep him in town. I mean, there's going to be enough people in that locker room. They're going to go, 
I don't think this front office is clueless. I mean, it's going to bring them together. I think they're going to love Aaron Rodgers more that, okay, yeah, he folded, but man, it's like, it's almost like he shows he's got no ego in a way too. And I think the player's going to respect that. They're going to be like, man, you're Aaron Rodgers and they fucked you over. Whoa. And you're still here coming back, working and all those things. It's going to make the locker room rally around him even stronger, in my opinion, at least in, when I've experienced these type of things in, in the past. And they have to be relieved that he's back because the bottom line is Jordan Love ain't ready. Right. Exactly. They know, like, oh, wait, he's back. We got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Devontae Adams must have kissed his damn feet when he came back because he's going, wait, <laughs> I might not get a new contract, so I need to put up good stats this year. I need you to throw me dimes all over the field. You know, so I, I really look at it as him being in a power position in the locker room, and they better be careful with what they say or, you know, how they treat him because I think he's going to have a lot of people sticking up for him in that locker room this year too. People think I've been rooting for Rodgers to not play this year, to not show up. Look, I root for a good story, and there's no story better than the drama that is potentially going to play out every time Rodgers speaks to the media once the adversity sets in, unless they win every game, there will be moments where he gives in to that, yeah. to that nature. Right. He's authentic. I, I, I respect that. The yeah. fact that the truth bubbles up from time to time, that's so much better than the BS that we get. Tom Brady admitted when he was on HBO's The Shop a few weeks back that 90% right. of what isn't true. I want guys who are going to be straight with me, and I respect the fact that Rogers. I know you do. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. All right, Rogers is back. Russell Wilson's back. Deshaun Watson's back. And Deshaun Watson's a different circumstance altogether, Chris. And I got some thoughts here, and I've already talked about them on videos I've been doing, but the Texans are clearly trying to trade him. I just think that the mere fact that the NFL has yet to say to Deshaun Watson, please leave, you're on paid leave, that doesn't mean they won't at some point. And there are so many unanswered questions. These issues are still raging. He's got 10 criminal complaints that have been made against him, including two from people who haven't sued him. So that's 24 total complainants. There, there's, there's so many moving parts here. 
I don't care how badly the Texans want to trade him. They're going to have a hard time finding anyone to take him until we have some clarity about when, if, whether he's going to be able to play this year or next year. I'm with you. I mean, like when I hear like just baseline, right? Like three first round picks for Deshaun Watson plus right now, that's insane. There's no way. There's no way. The team that's trading him is taking all the risk. They're taking the financial risk. And then they're also taking the risk of like what you're saying, let this play out. We don't know how much, you know, how long he'll be able to play or whatever else, or was he going to be able to contribute this year? So there's no way they're going to get like a top tier type of deal until somebody has like, you know, some, some light at the end of the tunnel They go, okay, we think it's going to be this many games and something like that, but we have no clue at this point. And I don't know, Mike, I know you know more than me, but it doesn't even seem like it's close right now to being resolved as far as some of the legal issues and everything like that. So I, I don't know where it goes. And, you know, my other thing too, Mike, is like, I don't know, are we too deep into, you know, now the start of the season is a team going to really want to make a play for him right now at this point? I, I think that time might have like sailed by us a little bit. I don't know. You agree with that at all? I agree with you completely. And I think the question we don't know the answer to is whether or not the Texans are taking the position that we will not trade him unless we get what we want, or this is all just bluster and they are going to take the best offer that comes their way. If they can get the Eagles and the Broncos and maybe the Dolphins to start bidding up and bidding up and we'll take what we can get and move forward because we don't want him anymore at this point, if that's what they believe. Because if they can't trade him, then what do you do? You've got Tyrod Taylor. You've got Davis Mills. What do you do with the guy that you have moved on from if you can't get the kind of trade offer that you're demanding? I just think it's a huge mess. And you're right. There's a long way to go. The civil lawsuits won't go to trial until the middle of next year at the earliest. These criminal complaints, the prosecutor can't just say, ah, I don't believe any of them. The prosecutor is elected by the people. And, and look, number one, the complaint should be taken seriously. Number two, if you're an elected official and the perception is you're not taking these seriously, you are handing your opponent in the next election the easiest argument against you. This person does not take women who complain of assaults in any setting seriously. So I think there's going to be a grand jury. I think he may get charged with something. And, and then will the NFL put him on paid leave? See, this, this possibility of the NFL putting him on paid leave is going to hover over Watson wherever he is. Until right. all of this is over, how comfortable are you giving up multiple first-round picks plus when you know that – it may not be until 2023 at the earliest. Right. Have all of this stuff cleared away and you can say he's our guy and we don't have to worry about these issues anymore. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm with you. Like with everything you said there too. And then like, Mike, I go into it and go, wait, like now we meant, you mentioned the three teams, right? The Eagles, the Dolphins, the Broncos. I think those are by far the three teams everybody looks at to be interested in Deshaun Watson. But like, I, I, I have a hard time believing two of those teams would really get involved in it right now because of the circumstances you said. First off, the Denver Broncos, right? I mean, Vic Fangio, you know, it's hot seat. It's do or die year. Is, is Deshaun Watson 100% going to sign off on a trade to go there and say that's cool? I don't know. I think there's some dicey things about that situation. And do they really want to mess with their team right now at this point in a do or die year if you're Vic Fangio and company? You know, and then go, wait, we'll trade for him or give away these assets. We're not even sure if he's going to play. Okay, that's not good. 
And I would also say, like Mike, in my experience, you know I'm friendly with like Brian Flores down there in the Miami Dolphins. I worked with him in New England. I mean, everything that I know about him as a human being would tell me I, I would I can't imagine him getting involved in that right now here in late July, early August, too. It's just why deal with the distraction? Their team is kind of set. Okay, at some point, like I always tell you with Bill Belichick and the Patriots, they believe in framing their team and this is what we are and they make the culture around that. I think they've done that already. You know, it didn't happen in trade. They're trying to empower Tua as the guy there. And I just have a hard time thinking they'd make that move too, let alone they don't have the greatest salary cap situation. So like I look at that and just go, I can't imagine the Broncos and Dolphins really getting involved at this stage right now. Eagles, maybe because they know they're not, it's a different situation where they're building for the future. I'll agree with you on the Dolphins. Remember on the Broncos, Kareem Jackson, former teammate of Watson, yeah. now in Denver, said in June that Watson wants to go to the Broncos. And I don't know that Watson has thought it through the way you have with Vic Fangio being on the hot seat. George Payton, the new GM of that team, has got a five-year contract. And I think between Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson, Watson may fit that timeline better because by the time you get to year three for George Payton, maybe the Watson stuff really is cleared away. But, but either way, it's difficult, if not impossible, to justify what the Texans want. Right. And I don't know that they get to the point where they can get anything close to what they want before 2023. And what do you do? What do you do, especially if you've decided as an organization you're moving on from this guy? Because, look, let, let's face it, you've got very strong – Christian beliefs at the top of the organization. That's one of the reasons why Jack Easterby has so much power and influence over Cal McNair. What if they've decided that based upon the admitted behaviors of Deshaun Watson, they, they don't want someone like that on their team anymore. And so that, that ties Nick Casario's hands as well. So Chris, this is a huge mess for the Texans. It's a huge mess for the league. And if I'm any of the teams out there that would be interested in Deshaun Watson, I'm not giving up a whole lot now because I may be trading my way into a multi-season mess. Right, right. Uh, you know, I'm with you, Mike, 100%. I, I think this just kind of stands pat. And I, we're going to see what the NFL or the Texans do here about Deshaun Watson. But yeah, I, I can't imagine anybody making some sort of aggressive play uh, or anything like that. Unless it just gets to the fire sale point to like you're saying, Mike, where Houston finally just goes, all right. Just give us one first rounder. We just got to get rid of him. We don't like the guy, anything like that. Maybe that happens. But I, I have a hard time believing Nick Casario would do that. The one, one other way to do it, and I know that teams don't like to do this because it ties up multiple picks, but I would explore a formula where the 2022 pick or picks depend on how many games yeah. he plays in 2021, and then the picks in 2023 – depend upon how many games he plays in 2022. And that will determine whether it's a first-round pick, whether it's a second-round pick, whether it's a third-round pick. But the problem is, for the team that does that deal, you tie up six total picks if you use that formula for the next two years. But that's the only way to do it fairly, because then you at least have some certainty as to what you're going to give up based upon what you get in return for the services of Deshaun Watson. All right, your favorite quarterback from the class of 2021. Zach Wilson 
drafted by the Jets second overall, the last first round pick unsigned. It's worth talking about now, Chris, because there are indications that this could linger. Ralph Facchiano of SNY reported earlier today the Jets are dug in. Well, I guarantee you that Zach Wilson, who's represented by the same guy who represented Joey Bosa, who stayed out all of training camp and all of the preseason when he was drafted several years back, they're going to dig in as well. And it's all a fight, not over money. It's a fight over when money's going to be paid, whether guarantee offsets are going to apply, language-type stuff that doesn't mean jack crap when you have a franchise quarterback that you want to get on the field and get ready to go so you can win football games. I'm amazed that we're at this point. Uh, amazed? I, I don't know. You know, I love Zach Wilson. You know that. I'm rooting for Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur and that whole coaching staff there. I want to grab my iPad and go and shake it and go, Jets, what the hell are you doing? This is such a Jets thing to do. Here we go. <laughs> it's just, I don't know what else to say. You know, we got a culture going. We got young guys. Everything's going in the right direction. We got a quarterback that they have waxed poetically about to anybody who's willing to listen over the spring that he was throwing laser beams all over the football field. And here they are going to fuck it all up because of when we're going to pay guaranteed money or whatever else. He's your franchise guy. Like, what are you doing here? I just, it makes no sense. And it, it's really just, I, I don't know whether it's like available cash to the Jets right now or what is holding this back, but it's a stupid cause uh, and a stupid fight they're fighting here. And yeah, they're, they're ruining a, a launching point to grow something special here with a young quarterback and a bunch of young players around him uh, to really hit the ground running. They're stupid. I, don't, I can't believe they're doing this. And here are the relevant facts for folks who wonder exactly what we're talking about. As it relates to the signing bonus payout, you earn it when you put your name on the contract. But some teams will defer money into future years. Now, the Jets with Sam Darnold, third overall pick in 2018, they paid it all out within 30 days after right. his signing. The second overall pick each of the last two years, Nick Bosa, 2019, Chase Young, 2020, full signing bonus paid out within 30 days. The last two number one overall picks, quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, the signing bonus paid out within 15 days. The Jets want to defer, I'm told, multiple millions of dollars into 2022 and not pay it all out now. And why? Like, like why? Is it a cash thing? How can it be a cash thing? And if it's a cash thing, Go borrow some cash. You're going to get money when the season begins. It really is amazing. And the argument for the Jets is, we got a new GM. It's a new precedent. doesn't matter what Mike McCagna did with Sam Darnold. This is our new approach. We're going to defer money into the, into the next year. And uh, if they don't budge, they may not see Zach Wilson until very late in the game. And until then, it's James Morgan and Mike White and whoever else they can find maybe Blake Bortles, maybe Jake Dolagala. They were both cut yesterday, but that's what you got until Zach Wilson shows up. That was it. Right. yesterday. Why are you making a big deal as Trey Lance isn't signed? Well, first of all, he is signed, but the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Let's have nothing other than nothing. Zach Wilson. Nothing. Nothing. And, and I have a hard time thinking that this is a Joe Douglas policy about deferring money. I, I have a hard time thinking that. Like, I know I, I heard that too, Mike. Like that's, that's the kind of thing the GM gets directed from ownership about that type of stuff. They don't go, GMs don't go, hey, you know, I was thinking about deferring some money that's not really mine. 
down the road. Like, well, he doesn't give a damn about that money. It has nothing to do with the salary cap or anything like that. In fact, they're in an unbelievable salary cap position. And they got a guy who could be a superstar here, and they got nothing behind him, like you said. Makes no sense at all. And Zach Wilson shouldn't budge. He Like, like you explained, why would he accept this deal they are offering when there's been a way things have been done here for the last few years with the top one and two picks, there's a standard formula to follow. Uh, it's just stupid with the Jets. It's petty. It, it makes them look like a lesser organization in the whole league. As someone said to me yesterday, this is why the bad teams stay bad. Yeah. And, and that's just the way it is. You've got teams that can function at the top of the league, and you've got this churn of dysfunctional teams at the bottom. And even though the Jets finally have potentially their next franchise quarterback, first one since Joe Namath, they're going to screw up his first year if he's not around for training camp or the preseason. Xavier Howard is around for training camp. He reported, and Chris, I firmly believe that the 2020 changes to the CBA, the $50,000 per day fine, the fact that players under their second and third and subsequent contracts cannot have that fine waived, that has caused guys who otherwise would have held out to show up and Howard made it clear on Tuesday night I'm here but I want to be traded how do you think this should play out between those two sides is there a way I I mean I I would think Brian Flores the Dolphins of course want to keep him I mean again it's a defensive coaching staff that came from New England you and I discussed this a lot nobody plays more man-to-man coverage than New England Miami Dolphins are very similar in what they do on the defensive side of the ball they put guys on an island you know, I understand Xavier Howard being, you know, a, a little distraught about the situation. Yeah, I get it. He's clearly one of the three or four best corners in all of football. And you know he's not paid that way. But as we talked about like six weeks ago, this is unprecedented to where we're seeing a player ask for a new contract two years after he just signed a new one and they gave him that money. So I... I don't know if Miami can find a way to sweeten the deal a la like what the Patriots did for Stephon Gilmore last year, or is this one where, yeah, they continue to talk, hope things work out, but eventually it doesn't. They get the trade they want, and they shouldn't be in a desperate situation, at least, Mike. Like, we we know they got Byron Jones, and two drafts ago, they did draft a corner in the first round, and Noah, uh, I'm always, Igabanye, I think it was close Big there and saying, Big monogamy? It, yeah, great job. You say it. I'll, I'll leave it to that. To where they shouldn't feel like, well, we're totally desperate here with lack of talent at the corner position. So I don't know how this um, um, uh, plays out. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see how much of a concrete line in the sand Xavier Howard really draws here. The, 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 you're back at it. That's good. I thought <laughs> earlier when you said cut off the nose to spite the face, if you were really in midseason Simpsons in form, you would have said cut off your face to spite your nose. But this <laughs> is the same. You've redeemed yourself. Uh, but, but look, teams have a responsibility. When you decide you're going to dangle a shitload of money in front of a guy who has never gotten that kind of money because he wasn't a first-round pick, and he takes it, and you have him sign a five-year extension when he's got one year left. And you know if this guy keeps ascending, he's going to feel like he got a raw deal. You've got some responsibility. Sure. You know what? We kind of did did screw you. We're going to take care of you. You and I texted last week about the Fred Warner contract. It looks a little team-friendly. I don't like doing five-year extensions 
when you got a year left. You're tying right. yourself up for six more years. I don't like it because it doesn't swing both ways. The team will cut you if you don't perform. If you outperform, you have to trust them to be magnanimous and smart and willing to tear up the contract and give you more. And so far, the Dolphins aren't because in their mind, we're only one year into his new contract. I, I know. I, I, that's what's crazy. I can't imagine them like ripping up the contract and saying, here's a new, new one or anything like that. That's where I got to look at it to where maybe they can scrounge some money together as training camp goes on. Maybe they know there's going to be a few guys that they can cut that are going to get them some more money on the salary cap to where they can find a way to, you know, at least smooth it over for one more year. But I, I just would be shocked if any new contract or anything like that's done. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Miami, maybe as they go through here, they talk to Xavier Howard. They continue to have the lines of conversation open. But if they can see that, you know, Igabanye, okay, is coming into his own and maybe really showing that he's, you know, top flight island type corner, then they might just go, you know what? It's not worth the headache. And they might get an unbelievable trade package for a guy who's really just the start of the prime of his career. And definitely like in that conversation for me, you know, with Marlon Humphrey, Gilmore, Jalen Ramsey, um, who, Jair Alexander and Xavier Howard in no particular order. I think those are the five best corners in football. So uh, it's a tough one, but uh, I think ultimately he's going to end up on another team here when all said and done. And I don't think Miami's going to be able to, to please him. Yeah, unfortunately for the Dolphins, the Rams don't have any first-round picks, so they'd be putting together the package right now. Bigger picture before we wrap this up. Yeah. Whether it's Howard showing up for the Dolphins, Chandler Jones, who has asked for a trade, showing up in Arizona, Jamal Adams, who wants the contract he deserves, showing up for the Seahawks. Disgruntled players not holding out because of the CBA consequences. Chris, we need to be ready to look for guys holding in. We know it's a real dynamic in the NFL. And I think these guys who feel like they can't hold out and withhold services that way are going to have nagging injuries, got a hamstring strain, got a little ding, got a little bang, got a little pow, can't go today, can't go tomorrow. And the, at the extreme, you get yourself another Terrell Owens who just comes in and is deliberately disruptive and makes right. you wish he held out. I, I just think that with all these different guys there who don't want to be there, odds are one of them is going to create a huge mess. And the team's going to say, man, I wish we could go back to pre-2020 when these guys could just stay away and we can focus on the guys who are here. I, I don't disagree with you there. Like, I look at the Jamal Adams situation where I don't think that becomes a mess because I think they know that they're going to sign him and he knows he's going to get signed there and he's going to get just about everything he wants. So, yeah, he might not practice fully or do anything like that, but I think he'll be the good Samaritan nonetheless because he knows there's a future there. Situations like Xavier Howard and Chandler Jones, if I'm a head coach or a GM, those bother me a little bit. Because like you're talking about, the holding in and all the things you can do that way, oh, yeah, no, my hamstring's tight, I can't practice and all that. Forget all that. I, as a head coach, a position coach, a GM, I'd be more worried about the things they're saying in the locker room now to devise the team, to talk about the head coach like he's some jerk or the GM like he's some jerk. And that can, you know, cause 
culture issues within a locker room, not get everybody on the same page. So that's where the holding in thing in this new aspect is definitely different. You got disgruntled guys where first off a corner, like they usually always got big mouths and can talk crap with anybody. So if he doesn't like things the way of growing, I'm sure he'll start talking mess about the dolphins and things like that. And that could be a little bit of a danger for a football team, as we all know, anyways. Yeah, to the extent any of those young players understand that Xavier Howard maybe got screwed a little bit on this contract, the way they timed it, the way they structured it, the way that it's played out, and they see this is how they treat the guys who come in and check all the boxes right. and do everything they're supposed to do. This is the right. reward they get. A new contract that they hate after two years. Maybe this isn't the place I want to be long term. And I think that's one of the things. I know we should wrap this up. One of the things that astounds me about NFL teams you should always take care of your guys who come in and make good because they are the walking, talking, living, breathing, shitting examples of what happens if you do what you're supposed to do. And that inspires all your young players. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's, that's, that is, you know, money talks, right. You know, that, that does. And that always the way players are treated, you know, not only as humans, but financially by the organization and everything like that. Those are get those are the things that get players excited about an organization, a culture. I want to be here. They're not going to screw me over. All of those type of things. And yeah, some of these teams are are dancing a fine line here, uh, and certainly flirting with danger. I'm going to be interested with that Chandler Jones situation as well. I just wonder how dug in he is about wanting to be traded. It's about just sweetening the money all of those type of things, uh, but another interesting situation. Well, we'll be back doing this again every day of the week with the exception of Fridays for Chris, starting after the Olympics. Maybe we'll get Chris to do this again sometime before we're back on Peacock. Whatever. It's been great to see you. It's been great to talk to you, and we covered a lot of ground. Hopefully, folks out there, you enjoyed seeing us, listening to us. We'll be back again soon on Peacock. We'll be back again soon, maybe in this setting. Who knows? The only way to find out is wait and see. We'll see you next time. See ya. longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.